The time has finally come. The Atlanta Braves and New York Mets are set to face off this weekend to decide the NL East. We'll be breaking down everything coming up in that series, the stats, the pitching matchups, who's going to win, what the Braves need to do to win. We'll be covering all of that on a Friday episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to a Friday edition of the Locked On Braves podcast. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I am covering the game of baseball. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. Make sure you follow Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube where you'll get the postcast with me and Grant McCauley. Make sure that you download the app on Roku and Amazon Fire as well as the Locked On Sports Atlanta app is available on both Roku and Amazon Fire, where you'll get this podcast as well as the postcast with me and Grant McCauley. A lot of coverage, obviously, as the season comes to an end, so you don't want to miss out on any of that. And if you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, subscribe, hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. As you know, we post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday. And like I said, we also have a postcast that comes out separately with me and Grant McCauley after every game down the stretch here so plenty of content for your atlanta braves today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts all right today's episode this is going to be strictly a braves mets episode we're going to be talking about the stats for each team how they compare talking about the pitching matchups and i'm going to tell you what the braves need to do in order to take down the mets this weekend at truest park good news is the weather looks like that it's holding up and will not affect the games uh, which is certainly great you know a series of this magnitude you want it to be you know take all the extra conditions out at possible so good to see that the weather is starting to play nice again prayers for all those who've been affected by the hurricane hope that everyone is okay but setting up this weekend series the Braves do go into it, trailing the Mets by a game, so they have some work to do. Mets need just one win in this series in order to own the season tiebreaker. If the Braves were to sweep, then they would obviously hold the tiebreaker, giving them a leg up with three games to go in the regular season. After this series, the Braves face the Marlins in Miami, while the Mets face the Nationals. But we got a big series to get to before that. I'm going to go over the season stats for each team and just compare. And really, when you put it out, you know, on paper like this, and I'm going to flash the stats up on the screen for you because I know it's hard to follow whenever I'm just reading off stats like this. But when you go through them, it really just shows you how even these two teams are. And it's just really kind of crazy. Look, you can hate the Mets all you want. I don't like them, but they are a good team. You cannot deny that so these are two really good teams and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them this weekend so i want to go over the season stats for offense first and i'm going to flash these up on the screen i know that's not pretty but hopefully uh gives you a better look of what i'm going through here in terms of runs this is on the entire season the braves rank third the mets are fourth 
in home runs. The Braves are second, and the Mets are 16th. That's the one you know, big difference in the area of these two offenses is the Braves rely heavily on the home run ball where the Mets don't, which is crazy because I feel like the games where the Mets have really gotten the Braves here lately, the Mets have hit, hit some big home runs. So, you know, while they might not have the most home runs in all of baseball, I feel like the Mets have some hitters that can come up with some big home runs in timely spots. Here's the difference for the Mets side of things. They take their walks. They have the 10th. Most walks in all of baseball, while the Braves rank 17th. Uh, Braves have or 14th in stolen bases. Mets are 22nd. Really not a huge part of either team's game, but you know with Michael Harris and Acuna in there and Swanson, you know, and when Grissom's playing, that does give the Braves a little bit of a speed element edge, I think. And then average Mets are third. Braves are eighth. Uh, it might be surprising to some. Uh, to see the Braves that high average-wise, but they are eighth and average. Mets obviously bested them there at third. On-base percentage, Mets are second. Braves are ninth. The Mets lead all of baseball by a lot and hit by pitches. And then the Braves, this is where it goes back to their favor. Second in slugging, the Mets are 10th. Braves get a lot of home runs and doubles. I've been talking about it a lot, you know, recently. When the Braves are getting those extra base hits, they're getting those doubles, getting those home runs. That's when you see this offense get going. Obviously evident by the numbers. Braves are second in OPS. The Mets are seventh. Both teams have a Babbitt of 301, which is fifth highest in baseball. So, you know, early on, we gave the Mets a lot of grief because they were getting a lot of weak hits. And that's still true. And it's been true all year. But you look at batting average on balls in play, it's exactly even for both teams. Looking at a couple of the stat cast number. You look at barrels per plate appearance percentage, the Braves are second, the Mets are 18th. Hard hit percentage, the Braves are second, the Mets are 21st. Exit velocity, the Braves are second, the Mets are 22nd. So when you look at you know hard contact, the Braves you know, are the, one of the best in all of baseball. And that's where I think it gets frustrating for Braves fans because when the Braves hit the ball, they hit it hard. And sometimes, unfortunately, that doesn't lead to good results, whereas – the Mets don't hit the ball particularly hard, but they put the ball in play a lot and it turns into a lot of hits for them. So again, it's a different way of going about it. So the offenses, you know, you go and look at runs, you know, they're third and fourth in the league in runs, but how they get there is very different. The Mets take their walks, they put the ball in play, and that leads, you know, to a lot of runs for them. The Braves, they use a lot of power, a lot of doubles, a lot of home runs, and that's how they get their runs. But you know, they both get to the same place. They just get there differently. Then you look at weighted on-base average. The Braves are second. The Mets are sixth. So, again, in terms of offensive production, they're both very comparable. They're third and fourth in runs. It's just how they get there is very different. All right, you look at the pitching side of things. The Braves are fifth in ERA. The Mets are eighth. The Braves are sixth in whip. The Mets are seventh. So, again, just neck and neck. The Braves have given up the third fewest home runs, which, again, you would think would favor the Braves going up against a Mets team that doesn't hit a lot of home runs. But still, I just uh, maybe because it's you know more memorable, but it just seems like the Mets have hit a lot of big home runs against the Braves when the two teams have met. But you know, with the Braves pitching staff not giving up a lot of homers, the Mets don't hit a lot of homers. You would think that would be a big advantage for the Braves. And the Mets have allowed the twelfth fewest homers, so. They don't give up a ton as well, kind of middle of the pack there. Uh, this is, you know, the one big difference. The Braves have issued the 14th most walks in all of baseball this year. The Mets, the fifth fewest. 
They don't hurt themselves with a lot of walks. And they're one and two in strikeouts. Mets took over first place. The Braves have been in first for most of the year. But the Mets now are first in strikeouts. The Braves are second. Again, you look at stat cast numbers here. The Braves are second in barrels per plate appearance and sixth in hard hit percentage, while the Mets are 12th and 11th. So just like the Braves offense hits the ball hard when they make contact, the Braves pitching doesn't give up a lot of hard hit balls. So that typically bodes well for the Braves. Exit velocity is about even. The Braves are seventh. The Mets are sixth. And when you look at pitching stats, you got to break it out for the bullpen as well. The Braves are third in bullpen ERA, where the Mets are 10th. Braves are fifth in whip. Mets are 12th. Braves are sixth in walks per nine, while the Mets are ninth. And the Mets are first in K per nine, while the Braves are third. So, again, very comparable on the pitching side of things. The one area that you look at a difference as far as overall, mainly for the starters, Braves walk a lot more batters than the Mets do. Braves get a lot more weak contact than the Mets pitching staff does. But again, very comparable on the pitching side of things. But I think you also have to look at what have you done for me lately? So looking at these numbers since the All-Star break, it's crazy to think because the Braves have made up ground over that time, but really the Mets numbers have been better in the second half of the season. Um, the Braves are second to run. The Mets are six. So the Braves do have them there. The Braves are fourth in home run. Mets are 15th. So that still is about the same. The Mets have the seventh most walks while the Braves just the 17th. Braves have the 13th most strikeouts while the Mets have the third fewest. Again, you see the difference in offensive strategy there. Mets walk a lot. Braves don't. Braves strike out a lot. Mets don't. Mets are first in average in the second half of the season while the Braves are fourth. The Mets are third in OPS while the Braves are fourth. And the Braves are third in slugging, or the, uh, the Mets are third in slugging while the Braves are fourth. So, you see in the second half, even though the Braves have made up ground and they have more runs than the Mets, Mets offensive average numbers are actually better than the Braves in the second half. You look at pitching in the second half, the Braves are fourth in ERA, the Mets are seventh, the Braves are fourth in whip, the Mets eighth, the Braves are first in K per nine, even though the Mets have the most strikeouts now, the Mets are second in K per nine. So, I mean, they're right there, you know, obviously the two best pitching staffs in terms of striking hitters out. Again, where the difference comes in, the Mets are third and walk per nine, where the Braves are 14th and walk per nine. So, again, very comparable teams where you just break it down, you know, to the raw numbers. They're right there in terms of runs scored. They're right there in terms of ERA. And, you know, that proves true pretty much from the entire season and also in the second half. These are two of the best teams in all of baseball. You look at power rankings, most, most people are going to have the Mets and the Braves in their top four, at, at the least a top five. So, Two very good teams, two comparable teams stat-wise, but you see the differences in how they get it done. Braves relying on extra base hits, the home run. Mets relying on walks or getting hit, getting on base, putting the ball in play, not striking out. So they get to it a little bit differently on the pitching side of things. Braves rely on weak contact and strikeouts where the Mets you know, don't walk as many. They also can get the strikeouts. So two very good teams, both comparable on paper but again i think this helps you know lay it out to see how they get there and the ways that they are both successful next i want to turn our attention to the pitching matchups on the weekend which are going to be a lot of fun if you're just a baseball fan so we will discuss those next after the break 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. The series will be starting on Friday night as the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets begin their much anticipated matchup. And speaking of anticipated matchups, it'll be Jacob DeGrom versus Max Free. This is ace versus ace. This is a one versus one playoff game one type of matchup here. And again, I wish I could take my fandom out of it and just sit back and enjoy these two pitchers work and enjoy this matchup. But as a Braves fan, as somebody who covers the Braves, obviously it's going to be hard to do that, but this should be a lot of fun. Jacob DeGrom, however, he's given up three earned runs in his at least three earned runs in his last three starts and hasn't gone more than six innings in any of those starts. And his last start in Oakland, he gave up five earned runs in just four innings. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't know that Jacob DeGrom's ever had a stretch like that in his career, and you know it's not likely to last. The Braves are hoping it lasts at least one more start, but his last three starts have not been typical Jacob DeGrom outings. So again, you worry, is he due to get back on track in this game? But Hopefully that trend will continue. That has not been the case for the, when he's faced the Braves this year. He's allowed just five earned runs in 12 and a third innings on six hits and one walk. So in, in 12 and a third innings this year, two starts, he's allowed just six hits and one walk to the Braves. That one hit in the first game, the Braves played him a two-run homer by Dansby Swanson after that lone walk that he's given up. And in those 12 and a third innings, he struck out 21 batters. So He has been typical Jacob deGrom when he's faced the Braves this year, and he has an extra day of rest. So, again, I would not look at those past three starts for Jacob deGrom and think that trend's going to continue. Braves are going to have to fight and claw for every run against him on Friday night, and you know he's going to be wanting to bring his best against the Braves. Maybe his his team next year. I doubt that's going to happen, but uh, a lot of fans out there certainly hoping so you know he's going to bring it on Friday night, and you know Max Fried is going to bring it as well. Max Fried's given up two earned or less in nine straight starts. However, as I've mentioned over his last previous starts, it has been a battle for him. He has had to really battle and labor through his last several starts that he's had. He hasn't pitched beyond the sixth inning in over a month, which is you know a lot for him. And he's lasted only five innings in three of his last five starts. Again, that is that is not typical Max Reed. We're used to seeing him go at least six, if not seven innings, just about every time out there. And I do have to mention one of those starts that he only went five innings. It was cut short due to rain. He actually had a no-hitter going in that one. But, you know, his last three starts in particular, it's been a bit of a struggle for him. So you're hoping he's had seven days of rest. Shout out to Bryce Elder and Kyle Muller who have allowed the Braves to be able to do that. 
But I think that's going to be very good for Max Reed coming into the start. He has that extra rest. Hopefully he'll be ready to go nice and loose and able to go deep into this game. This will be the fifth time this year that he's faced the Mets. He's 2-2 two and two in those games. He's allowed two earned runs in all four starts. He's gone six innings, five innings, six innings, and seven innings. So, again, while it's been a battle for him in those starts as well, he's been very effective keeping his team in the game and, and pitching you know deep into it, mostly going six or seven innings. So certainly would love to see that again from Max Free. But this pitching matchup, again, as a baseball fan, should be a lot of fun. On Saturday, I don't know if this one will be quite as much fun. We'll see. But it's going to be Max Scherzer versus Kyle Wright. I say that because Scherzer has dominated the Braves this year. and. All the talk coming into this year from Braves fans was, you know, the Braves have handled Max Scherzer in the past, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that was true coming in. But this year, he's 3-0 and against the Braves. He's allowed five earned runs in 20 and a third innings. And four of those came in one game. And that was when a reliever came in and allowed three or three inherited runners to score. He's gone seven innings in two of those starts. He went six and a third in the other one. That's the one he gave up four in uh, where the Mets brought in a reliever and the Braves were able to knock in some runners that were on base. So he has been very good against the Atlanta Braves this year. So that's going to be a struggle for him. Scherzer has allowed one earned or less in all four starts in September, and he's allowed no more than four hits or one walk in all of those starts. So he is getting better down the stretch. That is going to be quite the challenge for the Braves hitters on Saturday. As for Kyle Wright, the Braves haven't lost a game started by Wright since August 4th. That's how you rack up 20 wins. So hopefully that streak continues. But like Max Fried and some of the other Braves pitchers, it's been a battle for him lately. He's only gotten through six innings once in four starts in September. Now, he's only given up five earned runs in his last three starts, not giving up a lot of, of runs. But again, it's been a battle for him. And you know those Mets hitters, if there's one thing they're good at, it's at making a pitcher work. So hopefully, again, a little extra rest for Kyle Wright. He's fresh, ready to go, pound in the strike zone. Now, he is a 20-game winner, but he's 0-2 against the Mets this year. Went seven innings, gave up three earned on May, May 3rd, and then went six innings, gave up six earned on August 4th. 16 hits in those two games, and... The thing with Kyle Wright is he relies a lot on weak contact and ground balls. And the Mets, one thing one thing that they're great at doing is putting the ball in play. So a lot will be dependent on where those ground balls go for Mets hitters and how the Braves defense is set up against those hitters because that's what Kyle Wright, you know, feasts on. He's looking for that weak contact, those ground balls, and every now and then, you're going to have those games where those balls are sneaking through the infield. And again, Mets hitters are great at putting the ball in play. So can be a tough matchup for Kyle Wright at times. This could be a tough matchup on Saturday. Uh, but Braves got to get it done, find a way uh, to get it done. And again, hopefully Kyle Wright's able to uh, have a good start. And hopefully those ground balls are finding Braves defenders. And then on Sunday, it's Chris Bassett versus Charlie Morton. Bassett's been really good over the last two months. I mean, he's been good all season, but he's allowed two earned or less in eight of his last 10 starts. He's one and one against the Braves this year. He allowed three earned in seven innings on May the 2nd and just one earned in six innings 
on July 13th. So he's been very good against the Braves this year. He is similar to Kyle Wright in the fact that he relies on weak contact and ground ball. He has a ground ball rate of nearly 50%. Kyle Wright's around 55%. So similar pitches, uh, similar types of pitchers, but Chris Bassett has five different pitches that he throws 13% of the time or more. And he that's the game he's going to play. He's trying to keep the hitter off balance, get them reaching for pitches, and get them making weak contact. That's how he survives. That's how he's become such a good pitcher. And that's why he's up there shaking off pitch after pitch. It is so annoying. But that's what he does. It works for him, and he's been very good for the Mets all year long. So going to be enough tough challenge, another tough challenge for the Braves. As for Morton, I didn't even put down stats for him. My, my only thing to say about Charlie Morton is step it up. I mean, if, if the Braves are going to do anything, whether in this series or in the postseason, Charlie Morton's got to step it up. And we have not really seen that from him consistently all year long. So that's my only message here for Charlie Morton. This is your time. This is what the Braves got you for. It's for these postseason-type games. Step it up. We know he has the stuff to get it done. He has over 200 strikeouts on the year. We need to see more consistency from Charlie Morton. We need to see him in the strike zone, striking hitters out, not hitting batters with that back foot curveball. That's That's got to stop. We need to see more consistency from Charlie Morton. And nobody wants it more than Charlie Morton. I love the guy, and I know he's doing his best, but the Braves need you here. They need Charlie Morton to step up and have a good game, and they'll be looking for that on Sunday. All right, next, I want to give you my final thoughts on the series, what the Braves have to do to win, what are the biggest keys to winning this series. We'll talk about that next. As laid out when looking at the stats earlier, both of these teams are evenly matched. They're both top five in hitting. They're both top five in pitching, and they get it done in different ways at least especially offensively you know Braves pitchers for me the key for for them in this series is be aggressive in the zone we saw that in that last series that they played against the Mets where they won three of four you saw a different strategy from the Braves pitchers whereas that series in City Field you know they were getting behind in counts and wasting pitches racking up the pitch count didn't get didn't give up a lot of runs in that series but they were out of there after the fifth inning you saw a change in approach in that last series against the Mets at Truist Park. You saw them being more aggressive in the zone, getting ahead 0-1, you know, getting ahead 1-2, and then p- putting these hitters away. You got to have that same approach. You got to trust your stuff in the zone and trust your defense behind you. You know, yes, the Mets are going to get some some weak contact hits. They're going to draw some walks. You can't let that turn into big innings, and you can't let that turn into 20, 25 pitch innings. You got to trust your stuff in the zone, attack the zone, attack these Mets hitters, make them beat you. So that to me is a key for the Braves pitchers in this one. I thought they did a much better job of it last time these two teams faced. As for the offense, It's going to be a challenge. (laughs) Look, there's no doubt about it. You're facing maybe two of the best pitchers in all of baseball, two future Hall of Famers. Runs are going to come at a premium, and with that, my biggest key for the offense is you got to take advantage of the opportunities given, and this offense has been up and down lately. They had you know, a 10- to 12-game stretch here recently where they just weren't good, 
you know, looked good up until that last game in Washington, but they've been up and down lately. But one thing they have to do in this series, take advantage of the opportunities given. You're not going to get a lot of walks, but when you do take advantage, steal a base, move a runner over, you know, go first to third, you get a bloop hit, take advantage. The Mets make an error, take advantage. You're not going to have a lot of opportunities against these pitchers. You can't just sit there and wait on the two or three run homer. You got to take advantage of the opportunities given. At that same time, you're not going to string two or three hits together in an inning. So when you get a runner on base, you got to make something happen. You got to have some action going and take advantage of the limited opportunities that you get. The other key for the offense, you have to, you can't let their starters go beyond six innings. And that's going to be difficult to do. But if you can get their starters out in six innings or less, that is a huge win for the Braves offense because the Mets bullpen outside of Edwin Diaz, you can get to. But Edwin Diaz is untouchable this year. And Buck Showalter will not hesitate going to him in the eighth inning. So the Braves have to get their starters out six innings or less. Take your opportunities, your chances in that seventh and eighth inning against the Mets bullpen. But in order to do that, the Braves have to work at bats. They have to foul tough pitches off. They have to take some pitches. And that is not something they are great at. And that's not their recipe for offense. But that's what they're going to have to do if they're going to get these Mets pitchers, these Mets starters out of this game. And that's I'm not saying that's easy to do, especially against pitchers like DeGrom and Scherzer, who do trust their stuff in the zone, and they will continually attack the zone. But that's what it's going to take in order to get these starters out of the game early. And that's you know one of the keys for this Braves offense, because if there's one spot where the Mets are vulnerable, it's in you know bridging that gap from the starters to Edwin Diaz. And I'm not saying their other bullpen arms are terrible, but you have a better chance against those guys than you do DeGrom or Scherzer or Bassett or Edwin Diaz on the back end. So those are the keys for me in this series for the Braves. Play them like you just did the last time in Atlanta, and I think you'll be okay and can win this series. I mentioned at the top, weather's looking much better. It's looking like rain won't be a factor at all. However, it will be cold and windy, and the Braves have been dealing with that here lately, and we know what that can do to their offense. We've seen a lot of balls on that road trip that the wind just simply held up and kept from going out of the ballpark. So hopefully that doesn't become too much of a factor, at least when the Braves are hitting uh, but it certainly could be. And then my my final thing for the Braves is play good baseball. That's all I really ask for in this series, in the postseason. That's all you can really ask for as a fan is play good baseball. Don't beat yourself. At the end of the day, if the Mets are better team and they just play better and they make better swings on good pitches and they you know, take advantage of what's given to them, then you tip your cap and they're just the better team. And that is what it is. But I don't want to see the Braves beating themselves, making costly errors defensively, making base running mistakes, you know, things that you can control. I don't want to see the Braves do that in this series. I just want to see them play good baseball. And again, if the Mets are the better team and they win the series, you tip your cap. Other part of that, and this is more for the fans listening, enjoy these games. This is what you become a baseball fan for. And at the end of the day, the Braves are still going to make the postseason. So it's not ride or die on these games. Yes, you want to win the division, but the Braves are still in the postseason. But sit back, enjoy these games. The season's almost over. 
know, it's a, a big rivalry and it's fun that it's become a rivalry that, you know, the Mets are a rivalry in the division. Again, I remember growing up with how great that rivalry was. So good to see this back. Hopefully if you're able to go to the games, you can enjoy them. I'm sure the place is going to be rocking all weekend. So enjoy it. Regular season is almost over. No matter what happens, the Braves are still going to get a shot in the postseason. So enjoy this weekend. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. And again, thank you, thanks for making Locked On Braves your first listen of each and every day. Go make your second listen, Locked On MLB, where MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team from around the league. Please make sure you follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. Me and Grant McCauley will be covering all three games this weekend on the postcast. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves uh, uh, podcast feed and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on YouTube to get that postcast. But until then, we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 